to turn with us to the book of Ephesians chapter number 5, and we're going to look at verse number 15. We're going to start reading there, and we're going to read through verse number 17. And as you come to your place there, if you'd stand with us for the reading of the Word of God, Sunday night we had uh, picked up and uh, had finished preaching uh, our uh, uh, from last Wednesday's portion of our sermon series that we've been on and really had just felt compelled to uh, pick up that portion there of exercising wisdom in conflict. And so, as you're aware, we have been uh, looking at this sermon series now for several weeks on the walk, the wisdom, and the will of God. And so we've been talking and uh, looking into God's Word in regards to our relationship with God, what does our walk with God look like, and how does this translate? And we come to find here in Ephesians chapter 5, if I can highlight here uh, just real quickly, we find that there are three areas where Paul had instructed the church there at Ephesus and those believers of how they were to walk. Now you must understand that this command came as he said, take a look, recognize, if I can paraphrase, he said, because of the times and the seasons that are around you, he said, pay attention. A matter of fact, the word of God challenges out of this chapter. It says, awake, awake thou that sleepest. And so there's a call to the church, the body of Christ, to wake up, pay attention, be mindful of this day and this hour in which we live. And not so we can stand around and look and say, well, yeah, pastor, we agree, boy, things are terrible. Not just so we come to that consensus. Anybody can see that. Anybody can recognize that. But how are we as a church to, be to behave, to live, to serve? To advance the kingdom of God in times such as these. Well, Brother Roderick, the good news is the Word of God gives us instruction. And so that's what we've been looking at. Ephesians 5 gives us these three challenges. And I'm going to mention these and then we're going to get here to the reading of God. Or the reading of God's Word. But it said to walk in love. And then to walk in light. And then here where we're getting ready to read it says to walk circumspectly. And so in, as we look at these, we're going to pick up, and let's read here. This has been our central text, and then we've been reading some other things, and, and then I'm going to have you to turn over to the book of James with me. But here in Ephesians 5 and 15, if you're there with me, won't you say amen? The Bible says, See then that you walk circumspectly. This term simply means look around. Pay attention to what is going on. And it says here, but not as fools, but as wise. So there's the call to pay attention and to do so with wisdom. Verse 16, redeeming the time. Somebody shout redeem. Redeeming the time. Why? Because the days are evil. Verse 17 Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And so, as we have spent 
a couple of weeks here talking about our relationships. We have spent time talking about our conversation and the effects of these. And we've dealt with conflict, exercising godly wisdom in these things. And we've just been right in the middle of God's word just going through this. And so tonight, if I can, I would like to take opportunity here as I believe that within this, in verse 16, it talks about redeeming the time. And I want you to understand is that this here is a command in regards to stewardship, in regards of how we are managing those things that have been given to us. Time being the most important. And so we're going to be taking a look here over a couple of weeks on some topics of stewardship. Some maybe just think that stewardship, well, that's just dealing with the nickels and dimes, but you'll come to find stewardship is an all-encompassing subject and deals with so much more than just finances. And so we're going to look at this tonight, and we're going to look, at, look here upon the stewardship of time, exercising wisdom in our time. Amen. Can we just pray together tonight? Ask the Lord to help us. Father, once again, we thank you for every heart and life represented. I thank you tonight for your precious word. And truly, it's life-changing. It is alive and powerful. It's quick. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. And I pray tonight, Lord, that you would help us and deal with us. Let our eyes be open and our ears, Lord, to hear and our hearts to apply your word tonight. Anoint my mind and lips to preach as would bring you glory. And Lord, as always, we pray, Lord, that your word will work and do what it is sent to do. We know that it will. And I thank you in advance for what will be accomplished in this house. And we do ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You can be seated tonight. Praise the Lord. Stewardship in regards to our time. First, let me say this. The Word of God has much to say in regards to stewardship. Into regards of how we are to manage the things that God has given to us. We find in Scripture that Jesus taught on the parable and the, through parables on the principles of stewardship on many occasions. Stewardship as Christ taught had dealt with things such as finance. It dealt with things such as our talents, such as our time. We come to find as to where that there are things that the Word of God wants us to realize that are a, if I can use this term, a precious commodity. And there are some things around us that we are allotted so much of. And when it comes to the subject of time, truly, there is nothing that could be said more true in regards to the fact that every single one of us have a beginning and we also have a definite end. Amen. I know that there are times that I remember, hey man, as a, as a teenager, Brother Chad, when I was, you know, especially as a kid, just six, seven, eight years old, it seems like time just drags on forever, hey man. 
I mean, it just, it's this never-ending. That's why kids, I, I know it was a kid who came up with the phrase, this is as slow as Christmas. An adult did not say that. An adult did not make that up because right now we're all kind of getting already nervous. Some of you is already working on your Christmas grocery list because it's June. And you know tomorrow Christmas is going to be here. Amen. Because as adults, time flies. And, but as a kid, I, I, I remember, man, time just seemed to go on forever. You become a teenager. You become, you're in your early 20s. And I mean, you just got this feeling. And you think, Brother Udy, we're just going to live forever. Amen. I, you, we, we, we would, there was a time that you looked at folks in their 30s and 40s and said, Oh, look at them. Look at them. Oh, you'd make fun of them, and you'd, you'd, you'd say, they, oh, yeah, you'd get them out there on the volleyball court and get them out there on the basketball court, and there was a time you showed them all up, and they'd go hobbling off, and now, now you're the one hobbling a little bit. You're the one, instead of eating bubble gum, it's ibuprofen, amen, to help you out. Because this is the thing is that time finds its way to every one of us. The Word of God says this, and the psalmist had said and made this prayer and this request. He said, teach us to number our days. And so what does this mean? Does this mean an unhealthy preoccupation or a worry with every minute that ticks on the clock and living under a fear of the fact today might be the very day that I, that I die? No, it is not that type of attitude, nor is it ty- not that type of heart. But it is a call and a challenge to understand how sacred and precious time and life is. In regards to the fact of the purposes that God has for us, amen, that we are uh, to fulfill. Understand as we find in these scriptures there is the connection and the connotation of what it is to manage time properly. And notice that where the, where the term here of, of management and stewardship comes on, uh, uh, comes to, comes to uh, that we are made aware of it, you come to find that there are two things that are synonymous with stewardship and with managing these things. And Brother Eli, those two things are this, wisdom and the will of God. Amen. When we are utilizing wisdom in in managing what God has given to us, it helps us to rather quickly and or to realize the urgency and the unction that there is for us to be about the Father's business, to be about what we are called to do, and to be right in the middle of God's will. Amen. I want you to understand is that as we look and, and some tonight would say that Brother Jacob we understand a little bit older, a little bit wiser, a little bit more mature. We understand that time is precious and we understand that you know there, that there are, some, there are some things that if we're going to get to doing it, we've got to get to doing it. And here is the, here is the, this, the situation and, and I believe why there is such a charge and, and, and there is a compelling that Paul 
Paul makes to the body of Christ in regards to time. In the fact that of this is that understanding is that in the scope of eternity, the hours and the minutes, the weeks, the days, the months and years, Brother Coleman, these are just specks like little grains of sand when you look at the scope of eternity. And the, the Bible tells us this. The, the, the question was asked, it said, what is man that thou art mindful of him? And the fact that our life, we, the, the, we find where Job had said, thou knowest my frame and that I am dust. Amen. There's just little bits and little segments of time. But can I say if there is one thing and one place where the adversary would like for us as the church, for us as believers, that if we would get negligent, that if we would be distracted, that if we would not take it seriously, that if we would not have a compelling and a sense of urgency, I can assure you it is that of time. Can I say tonight is that there are many who sit on our church pews and maybe tonight the refrain that you might sing in your mind was the fact of, well, I would have or I should have or I could have done that. And there was time where we thought, Sister Kimberly, we would always have an opportunity. We would always have time to do this and to do that. How many people do we know? Have you talked to? Have you witnessed to? Have you ministered to? And somebody would say, I've got time for that later on. I'll get serious about the things of God later on. I'll be more, I'll be more cognizant of the things of God a little bit later in my life. Young people are saying, wait till I'm a little older and out of school. And then those that are out of school will say, wait till I'm married and have raised my kids. And then the ones that have raised their kids say, well, let me quit working and I'll retire and I'll have more time. And then after retirement, as, as different things come on, we have some say, well, now too much time has passed. I've missed my prime. I missed my mark. If you're not careful, there's always reason, always other opportunities, always other things. But he said, church, right now in this time and in this moment, we've got to grab a hold and we better pay attention that if we're going to be what God has called us to be and if we're going to do what God called us to do, now is the time. Amen. <laughs> but here's what we come to find out is the fact that, that, that too often, too often we are living in the realms of, well, I should have done that. I could have done that. How many parents right now have reaped the fruit of not taking the time to raise their children? In the house of God. How, how many are, are, are reaping the sorrows of not taking the time to seek God's will, His purpose and plan because, Brother Blewett, they were trying to fast forward God's time and not wait for His will to work and His purpose to unfold. You see, time is one of those things. You can't get too far behind it, and you do not want to be too far ahead of it. 
You want to set. And what does where does the will of God place us? And where does wisdom place us? Brother Chad, it keeps us right in the place. If I can use a term, it has us right in the pocket. Of, to, of right to be right in the center of what God's doing in that moment. I, you like myself. There's not a one of us in here that can sit around and say we're innocent of this. There has been things, Sister Debbie, where I've walked up to certain doors and I have kicked them in because I said, well, it's time for that to happen. And Sister Laura, it was not time. And I was frustrated and I was hurt. And not only was I hurt, but Brother Michael, others were wounded in the process because I was ahead of time. And then there were times when God was moving, Brother Ben, and yet I was stuck in the past saying, well, I don't know if I'm ready. I don't know. Maybe I'm a little fearful. I don't know. I thought, here's one everybody can identify with. I thought it would look different than it does not right now. I still remember, Brother Price, almost without fail every Sunday. There was a few that was different, but almost every Sunday, my grand, before we left for church, it was not uncommon, Sister Janie, that a roast went in that crock pot. And she'd put her potatoes and her carrots and her celery and all that stuff. And it'd be in there cooking. And I remember on Grand's pot. Now she didn't have, this was, this was before you go to Walmart and get a fancy digital, you know, set it and have the time and everything. But on that pot, Sister Gay, there was this little deal. And when, and when something, when the temperature and everything and the timing was right, that little deal would, boop, it would pop up on that lid. And, and I guess, guess it wasn't a crock pot, it was a pressure cooker, wasn't it? See, I got to get my kitchen gadgets right. And, <laughs> and so I remember I would, I, would, I would sometimes help her get the pressure cooker out and get it up on the counter and everything. And I'd, and I'd, I'd say, so Gran, when, when does this come, in, come up? And she says, you'll know that it's cooked and ready when that, when that pops up. And I remember, oh man, we'd come in from church and walk into Gran's house. And I mean the aroma, Brother Blewett, of that roast and all that stuff been cooking in there. I mean, it'd nearly pick you up and sweep you off your feet. And I'd run over, Sister Amy, and just stare at that lid. Is it time? Amen. Has that little doodad popped up? Is it just about there? Amen. And I remember there was many times, Sister Polly, that when that thing would boom and it would pop up, I'd make the announcement as if Gran needed my help. I'd say, Gran, it popped up. It's ready. Can we eat? Amen. But can I say tonight is that there are some times because of fears, frustrations, or like I said, because maybe Maybe it doesn't look like we thought it would and we think, well, it's not time or what have you. But there are some points where we've been sitting around saying, God, I'm waiting on you and God's already there. And he said, no, no, you're not waiting on me. I'm ready. It's now. It's time for you to get where I'm at and get in the middle of my will. Now is the time. Hallelujah. Oh, and so as a result of these things, we look at all of this and time, oh, time is precious. Let me say this. In reading this, I've, I, like you, I've been familiar with Ephesians 5 and 16 for many years and read it and read it. 
And doing a little bit of research, and some of you Bible scholars probably already knew this. It takes pastor a little bit longer sometimes. But in the word redeeming, we understand the purpose of redeeming and often think of what it is to be redeemed. We have been bought back, right? We have purchased back. However, I really like this definition of redeemed. And it means this. This is one of the definitions. It says, Sister Haley, to regain control. Listen to that. To regain control. How many times have we mismanaged, misused, and even justified it because we said, well, I, I, we, I just ain't got no control of the time. I just can't, I can't get a, I can't seem to get a handle on it. I can't seem to do this or do that. But there is a call. Listen, it says because the days are evil. Do you remember the word of God said that the Lord would shorten the days because of wickedness that was in the earth. Brother Roderick, I believe that that is an act of the grace and mercy of God. If days were longer and lengthened, we sister Amy would melt away. We would fall under the weight and the oppression of a sin sick world. But the Bible said that God, in His grace, He will shorten the time. He shortens that time of window and opportunity for the adversary. And Paul reiterates and said the day is evil. Time is time is short. Jesus said, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is yet day. For the night cometh when no man can work. There's that window. Brother Eddie, the time is coming in. And so there's a call to God's people. And there's a call to God's church. And it says, I want to remind somebody in this house, you think you can't get a hold of your time. You're thinking the devil has control of all of the seasons of your life. The devil is a liar. It's time by the power of God and through the blood of the Lamb we regain control of the time and say, I will not believe any longer that that the enemy has control of the seasons. The Word of God, Brother Hemphill, reminds us there's only one that has control of the seasons. There's only one who created the night from the day. And he, con- he created the seasons of time. And that is the God that we serve. Listen, let me remind somebody tonight because maybe in the moment time seems out of control for you. It has never been out of control for God. But we as God's people... When we look and see that something's spiraling out of control, where we see that things are out of kelter, that's when we need to walk circumspectly. Number one, pay attention and not be foolish but wise and do so in redeeming, regaining control back. Regaining control back. I, like you, have been had the victim mentality And sometimes my excuse for certain things falling through the cracks would be, I don't have the time. Time's got away. I I keep in my truck and carry away. I've got a leather-bound calendar for the year. 
I have an iPad that's got a calendar. I can even set reminders. I can set a reminder if I need to go eat supper, if I need to feed the dog, if I need to take out the trash. I can set reminders for everything, Brother Michael. I've got all that kind of stuff. I have the same thing to where my phone will mirror my iPad. And then not only that, but my phone and my iPad will even sync up with my watch. And it, and if I'm away, Sister Gwen, from my phone and my iPad, my wrist is bzz, 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 looking down and you got this, you've got that, you've got this. There's sometimes whether I just want to jerk it off and don't look at me funny. You know you thought the same thing. <laughs> Isn't it funny? We have so many tools to regain control of time. And yet it's still out of control. And so I just want to mention tonight, if I can, give me just a, oh, we're good. <laughs> Speaking of time, we're good. We got plenty of time. But let me mention two things, two things. And what I'm going to mention tonight is not anything new. I'm not going to pretend I'm giving you some big revelation where you walk out of here and go, wow, I never heard of that. I never knew that. No. But sometimes, let me just say this, sometimes it's a matter of going back to the basics. And reevaluating, right? January 1, everybody's going to take control of their diet, going to take, take control of their house, going to take control of their time. You're going to be a millionaire by December because you got control of your money. And here it is, June, and you still can't fit in your suit you've been ha hanging up in the closet. Time's out of control, and you ain't got enough money to get you through the month, and we're, and we're only 15 days in. Amen. I better move on from that. Somebody's going. But let me let me first mention this. Why we must regain control. Did you know that everything God created and intended as for it to be precious and sacred, Satan desires to pervert it. Now we often think about that in terms of relationships intimacy. That's often what we think about with perversion and twisting things. Let me tell you something. Anything the enemy puts his hand on is twisted and perverted. The term perverted is just not a sexual term. The term perverted means it's distorted. That the thinking process is backwards. That it's wrong. And so what happens is, is I want you to realize is that we must regain control because simply this stated, time is precious. It's precious. It's sacred. Somebody really put time in, in, a, in a real enlightening sense to me. Brother Roderick, there was a man who was talking about his son and how much he loved his son, his, his only son. And it was coming up to the holidays and this gentleman was about 45 years old. And he said, if God allows me to live, he said, let's say to 75. He said, maybe we could say 80. He said, but just for numbers, he said, to, if I get to live to 75 years, he was 45 at the time he made the statement. He said, that means I have 30 Christmases left with my son. And when you think about that, think about that. 
And I was just making the joke about how quickly time goes and how quickly we turn around and it's Christmas. But that man, Brother Roderick, his perspective, because it put a real definite timeline. When you really begin to think about time and how precious it is, it will or it should ignite a desire to use wisdom of how to regain control and make every moment matter. Because time is precious, we've been talking about relationships and conversations and conflict. Let me say this, is that because time is precious and everybody in here has been touched in some way where we have stood at the casket of somebody that we love and time on this side of heaven has ended. You can't get it back. You can't rewind it. There is the memories. There's these things. And normally in those moments, our eyes are very wide open. We are thinking. We're thinking in the scope of eternity and life. And we will say things like, I don't want to take people for granted. Life's too short to be petty. Life is too short to be critical. Life is too short. And we'll say all these things, but give about a month and we're right back in the same old things. Time is precious. The enemy wants to pervert and distort your perspective of time and how precious it is so that we waste it on frivolous things that do not matter. Benjamin got a diagnosis in April that I promise you, because he and I have talked about it and I've seen it in him, it has changed his perspective of time. Here is a young man, 23 21, you're so wise and mature, I had you a couple years older. <laughs> 21, goes in having headaches, not for sure, thinking maybe got migraines, whatever, gets a phone call later that day, radiologist is sending a report over to your doctor, you guys get there this afternoon. And within a matter of hours, 21 years old and life is turned upside down, let me tell you something. When you're realizing and looking at life, realizing I'm not going to live forever on this side of heaven. Time becomes more precious. And so what happens is, now do we live in a sense of fear? Do we live in the sense of terrible diagnoses and think that's what's got to shake us up? No. But we must come to grips with the fact that because days are numbered and because our purpose and plan and God's will is so precious that our time with our children, our time with our church family, our times in the presence of the Lord, I can't say this loud enough or long enough that's why God help us so we should never come in here on a Sunday and say well I'll, do, I'll wait another Sunday I'll wait another time to enter in I'll wait another time to worship this might be what we've got this might be times in the Lord refreshing that comes from the Holy Ghost in his precious time time with those kids time with that family even on the days they're driving you half crazy. Somebody better say amen. You're ready to hang them by their toes. You, you, some of you parents have been Googling schools that go year-round. Come on here. Somebody once said about little ones, they said, and I thought, man, how true this is. It said the days are long, but the years are short. Hear me. 
because time is precious. We don't have the time to, to, to waste. We don't have the time to complain. It was Albert Einstein who said this, Time is really the only capital that any human has and the only thing he can't afford to lose. Time is the only capital that any human actually has and the only thing that a man really can afford to lose. James 4 and 14. I'd shared with you, he's going to be reading here out of James 4 and 14. Many of us know the scripture. It says, whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow. In other words, you don't know what's happening tomorrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time. And then vanisheth away. It's imperative that you and I make the most of our time while we are here. Our lifetime is but a fleeting vapor in the scope of eternity. And let me say this. We will give an account for how we have used it. For how we have managed it. Listen. Do not think God's going to wink at, laugh off, or brush away. When we have wasted precious time. What is encapsulated in precious time is opportunity that we have had to make an impact. Opportunity to pray. Opportunity to worship. Opportunity to grow. Let me say this. Opportunity to invest in and serve others. I, I, I honestly don't get it. Maybe it's just not in me. I just can't comprehend it. But I, I just, I can't, I, I can hardly stand just to sit around and do nothing. If I'm going to sit around and do nothing, you can ask my wife. If we have a moment where we just sit at the house, I'm falling asleep. I'm just falling asleep. And she'll tell me, you'll wake over there, uh-huh. Sometimes she'll take a picture of me to prove. You weren't, you weren't, you weren't awake, you've been sleeping. So I thought, I, might, I, I get to the point, if I'm not doing anything, I'm going to rest. I might as well get my strength to start my tomorrow. But listen, we're going to give an account those who have a clear perspective on their limited time and use it intentionally for advancing the kingdom of God will, get, will most certainly become purposefully useful for Christ. Let me say this. When we want more time and we want more opportunity and we're asking God for that church, let me tell you that His reply will be, then how are you managing what you have right now? It's like the old adage, somebody said, I'm having a bad day. I, here's what I need. I need a hug and $5 million. Somebody said, if I just had a million bucks, my life would be so much easier. And I, I thought, I said, no, it won't. You know why? Because you can't manage $100. So you can't manage a million Somebody say, well, I just, just give me the opportunity to try. As a matter of fact, you come to find that those who come into such resources quickly, they lose it within a six-month period. Many of them that have lost their mind are paranoid, no longer trust anybody, and many who have committed suicide. 
Now, some would say, well, that's with money. But how many times have we said, God, give us more time. God, help us. You know, we're trying to do this and we're trying to do that. But I wonder how many times does God reply back and he challenges us with, what are you doing with right now? Because so many times we're living in tomorrow to say, well, that's when I'll get serious. That's when I'll take it to heart. That's when I'll really make it important. We find there was this old adage, and, and, and I'm, I'm coming to a close. It says, imagine, you probably heard this before, but it says, imagine there's a bank account that credits your account each morning with $86,400. I'd say, praise the Lord. We could do a lot of kingdom work with that kind of money, Brother Roderick. It carries over no balance from day to day. Every evening, the bank deletes whatever part of the balance you failed to use during the day. What would you do? Well, it's simple. Draw out every single penny, of course. Each of us have such a bank, and its name is time. Every morning, it credits you 86,400 seconds. That's how many seconds are in your 24-hour time span. Every night, it writes off what is lost. Whatever of this you failed to invest to a good purpose... It carries over no balance. It allows no overdraft. Each day it opens a brand new account. Each night it burns the remains of the day. If you fail to use the day's deposits, the loss is yours. There's no drawing against tomorrow. You must live on today's deposit. Invest so as to get from it the utmost in health Happiness, relationships, the clock is running. Make most of your day. The psalmist had said, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Brother Danny and Sister Carolyn, if you'd come. I want to ask you tonight, what are some things, spiritually speaking, what are some things maybe in relationships? I'm not saying this to embarrass Sister Haley. I got a message from her, Nan and Pop James. They're precious people. They just way up here in my book. I got a message from them. They had a, what to them was an old patio furniture set. Wanted to know if we'd be interested in it. They sit, had Haley send a little picture over to us and said, absolutely. Went over the other day to pick it up, take it over to our house. And Sister Haley and Sister Gretchen were over there and we got it loaded up in the truck. I didn't say anything to Sister Haley. She had no clue I was going to say this or that I was even thinking this. I didn't speak anything of it to her. She had texted me. She said, I'm just about there. She said, I was stopping at Chick-fil-A and picking up a little breakfast for 
Nan and Pop. When I got there, they was, the ladies were gathered around the island in the kitchen eating their Chick-fil-A breakfast. And I went back, talked to Pop James, and he's, he's back there and taking in the view and eating his fruit cup. And I know, Sister Haley, you probably didn't think anything of it. For you, it's just a run to grab some breakfast. When I got my truck to leave, tears welled up my eyes, and I said, Man, I'd love to sit and have breakfast one more time with my grandma and grandpa. How many times that my father-in-law on a Saturday he would go down to the greasy spoon inviter, the red wagon. I don't know if you've ever been there. How many times, Carolyn, was he there eating pancakes or doing whatever and what I'd give to sit down one more time and endure the red wagon for company of somebody I love. I was proud of you, Haley. You're not where I'm at wishing for that time, but just the simple gesture, it touched my heart because I saw a young lady making time. To do something simple. To be a blessing to grandma and grandpa. Spend a little time. Can I say church tonight. Every single one of us. There are people. There are purposes. Your babies. I can't believe my daughter just turned 12. I'm serious Eli. I thought she'd be three and four forever. She'll be, if I live to see her be 90, she'll still be three or four in my mind. But it's time. And Brother Roderick, I don't, I don't want the people that I love, what God's called me to do, Brother Hemphill, I don't want to sit around and be frivolous. And I don't want to sit around and be unconcerned. But Lord, help me to use wisdom. Help me to use wisdom and to realize how precious time is. Let me say this. For time to be precious doesn't mean, Sister Laura, that everything in the scope of time has to be perfect. You see, sometimes we miss out on how precious time is because we are th looking for an idea of perfection. Today in social media, it has, mis it has skewed. We see the shots of the picture-perfect family on vacation or doing this or doing that. And it took 5,000 shots to get that picture. So people weren't choking each other and the kids weren't hanging upside down and standing on their head. And Somebody the other day, listen, somebody the other day took a picture of a drainage ditch. I'm serious. 
took a picture of a drainage ditch, put a filter on it, and talked about lakefront property. And it got all kinds of comments. Where's this at? Oh, we lo- where we'd like to see this. We'd like to visit this. And they finally posted back on there and said, Folks, I took a picture of a drainage ditch. I'm saying that to say this. We have lost how sacred time is and how precious the people and plans and purposes are within that realm of time because we've got these ideas of grandeur and perfection and what we've seen on social media somewhere. Can I tell you, embrace some of the chaos that goes on. Can I tell you something? Embrace some of the moments when the perfect trip or the perfect thing fell apart. But then you look at it and you start cracking up because it's got you a whole lot of memories. And it'll forever be the vacation everybody talked about and will absolutely become the favorite vacation everybody had because it was so crazy. Realize how precious it is when we get in this house together with this body of believers. And the power of God is moving and people's on the altar crying and we're hugging and snot's falling and tears are going and come on somebody. Don't overlook it. Don't get so disgruntled because it's almost supper time and you got to hurry up and get out of church. Don't get so disgruntled because, well, Brother Jacob's supposed to stay in that 45-minute window and if he goes over, Katie, bar the door. Enjoy because there's going to come a time. It's precious. It's precious. Lord, help us to number our days. Help us to view time with wisdom. How am I investing it, Benjamin? How am I investing it? Am I utilizing my time that I have poured into, that I have impacted others, that Sister Kelly, long after I'm gone, Somebody can say, I remember, I'm better because of, my life has been changed because they use their time wisely. Can we bow our heads all over this house? Father, I thank you today for your faithfulness. Thank you for this day that you've given us. Thank you for the people you've given us. Thank you for the loved ones. I thank you for this church family. Lord, I'm thankful. I know for some it's another Wednesday and we're wore out, we're tired, and we didn't want to be here anyway, but yet we're here. And God, I pray you would challenge our hearts, recognizing that to come and be in your presence and be encouraged in the Word of God has been the best use of our time. Praying for one another and worshiping you in song. Breaking the bread of life together. Lord, I pray you challenge us tonight that we recognize how precious time is. Lord, would you help us tonight? Would you challenge our hearts that we would regain control? Some are living in disarray, thinking that the enemy controls their seasons. Thinking that they have no way to grab a hold and make priority and And to live in your purpose and your will. And to be about the master's business today. 
We're not promised tomorrows. And Lord, I pray, help us that we're making an investment with the day, with the time that you've given us. There's work to be done. There's harvest around us. There's loved ones to sow and invest in. There's people to hug on and love and pray for. There's purpose in our jobs. There's purpose in the people you've placed us around. Help us. Convict us tonight. Holy Ghost, convict our hearts. Forgive us for acting like that we've been short-sighted, that we ain't got enough time. We're not better than anybody else. We've been given the same allotment that all men have been given. So teach us to number our days and help us to search your heart, to seek after your plan and your will. Lord, we don't want to get ahead of you, and I don't want to get behind you. But help us that through wisdom and understanding how precious and sacred time is that we can be right in the place, the pocket, the season, the moment that God would have us to be in. Tonight, church, if your heart's desire would be, I want to be a better steward of time. I want to utilize wisdom. I want to value time and how precious it is. And I want to see God's purposes at work in my life and the life of the people He's placed around me. If that's us tonight, why don't we come find ourselves a place in these altars? Can we come and just seek the face of the Lord before we go home, before the lights are turned out and the last amen's been said? God, would you challenge our hearts? Lord, would you deal with us and would you speak to us? Oh, Father, would you help us to look through the lens of God's Word and realize how precious, how precious the seconds and the moments are. To realize how precious the will of God is. How precious the purpose and plan of God is. How precious the people that you've placed in our lives are. Oh, God, I pray you'd help us tonight. Challenge us tonight. Oh, forgive us, Lord, where we've wasted time. Forgive us when we thought we had plenty of time. When we keep putting off for tomorrow. Lord, I pray you challenge us today and help us, Lord, oh, to realize that while we live, we must be doing, we must be busy now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.